The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. The conclusion of our gospel this week encourages us to reflect upon the importance and indeed the power of prayer in a community. We know that so much of our world around us and even in our own hearts, it seems that the things of God kind of take less and less uh, importance in the world. Uh, That's in years past, if you didn't buy what you needed on for Sunday on Saturday, You didn't buy it because the stores weren't open. Uh, But our culture has progressively moved to where Sunday becomes kind of a a day easily set aside. We've become busy with so many things. And so there's this temptation that often arises in the hearts of our Christian community for us to simply miss Sunday Mass. To be able to miss that time of gathering together as a Christian community to pray. Indeed, we know we are supposed to pray at all times. But I've often heard the response of not coming to Mass, the simple response of many people kind of, I think, more or less trying to absolve themselves, is, you know, Father, I don't have to go to church to pray. Agreed. Indeed, we should pray everywhere. We could pray in the car. We could pray at home. You can pray anywhere you like. But the Lord God does command us to be able to come here to Mass each week, to gather as a community to pray. While we pray many times individually, It's important for us to gather as a community. Unfortunately, in in some places and sometimes, our spiritual life can become more of a a me and Jesus type of thing. Where it's just me and Jesus, where if I just had my prayer time with Jesus, I'm okay and everything's okay. God's happy with me, I'm happy with Him, and life goes smoothly. But the simple reality is that on the day of our baptism, we were not baptized into a relationship with just me and Jesus. We were baptized into the body of Christ and became members of a church, of a community, with responsibilities and obligations, as well as uh, gifts that we receive on account of such. So there's this reality that we are necessarily connected to other people, whether we like it or not. The invitation is for us to come together and to pray. Now, there's a beautiful aspect about that because... And whenever we're by ourselves, it's easy for things to just go smoothly because we always get what we want, huh? 
Mother Angelica said it beautifully when she said, if it wasn't for other people, we would all be saints. Because other people, when it comes down to it, we all know, bother us. That person that sometimes gets under our, you know, just, just gets on our last nerve, whether they need to or not, that's the reality. And the beautiful thing about being a Christian community is that we come to church and we sit next to people we know or don't know, that we may like or not like, that may be the exact opposite of us in so many ways, and yet we come together to pray. And there's a beauty about that. Because the Christian community is built such that we perfect each other. That's why our readings today all focus on fraternal correction. That if we don't, if we don't actually see things in ourselves, if we don't recognize the plank in our own eye, it's the invitation of a brother or sister in Christ to come and say, have you noticed such and such? And to help us to grow, to help us to become who Christ calls us to be. So it's important for us to gather together as a community to, to take off each other's rough edges. And to become the saints that Christ has called us to be, the holy children of God. Indeed, the liturgy that we pray each week emphasizes this importance for us of gathering in prayer. Because partly it's due to God, but also not simply because of what we get out of the deal, but because of our place and what we can actually do for others by the power of our prayers. And this is an important thing for us to recall. Last week, we left off in the offertory where we were talking about whenever we come to the offertory, we put our collection in the, in the baskets and then we bring up the bread and the wine. But the more important offering is not just the, it's not the external things to us. It's not what's in our wallet or what happens to be on the table in the back. The important thing that we don't need those other pieces. The greatest piece is that Christ asked for our heart. He can do great things with bread and wine. Absolutely. We need them for mass. But... He desires even more our hearts to be able to give our life to him as that living sacrifice that we heard from St. Paul. <clears throat> so we continue with that part, that part where those offerings are received by the priest and then in the procession to the front. And he takes those offerings, bring them to the altar, prays the, bread, the prayer over the, a blessing over the bread, places it on the altar. The prayer of the chalices with the wine places them on the altar. And then he turns to the side and he goes to wash his hands. There's a reminder to the priest of his sinfulness. He prays a prayer, Lord, wash me from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. Basically, it's a prayer. Let not my impurity and my imperfection bring shame to the sacrifice. Lord, cleanse me. Make me as perfect as I can possibly be in this moment as we come to offer this gift to the Father. And so the priest, having asked and prayed and washed, in a sense, to be able to be made as pure and as holy as he can possibly be, he returns to the altar and turns to the people and says, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. There's an important phrase in there that changed with the translation that we had from five or six years ago. The translation before was, Pray, brethren, that our sacrifice... Maybe acceptable. As if it was a, you know, you could, you could phrase it in such that it kind of seemed like it was just a sacrifice. Like one thing on the altar. It's ours. It's that one thing. But the recognition where the priest says, my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable. It's the recognition and the reminder to us that the priest offers something himself. He offers himself. 
but also the community is offering their own sacrifices. Again, just as we talked about in the offertory, we place ourselves, our intentions, on the holy altar to be transformed by God. And so after that, that prayer, asking the Lord to be able to, uh, to bless the offerings that we give, the community responds to that phrase with, May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all of his holy church. Now that's an important phrase. It's, you know, we kind of rattle it off. You could just say it, uh, just rote memory, uh, and not even realize that it comes out of our lips. But that prayer that we pray has the two reasons that we come to Mass every weekend explicitly contained in it. We come and we offer the sacrifices for the praise and glory of the name of the Lord, first and foremost, because our first duty is to God. Love God, then love neighbor, right? So our first obligation is always to the Lord. While we come to Mass on Sunday, the main purpose is not what do I get out of the deal, but rather how good is the worship that I offer to my God? Do I adore Him and praise Him first? And whenever we give God something of ourselves, we know that He's never outdone in generosity. And so he returns a blessing to us. So we get something out of the deal. But the main piece is that we offer something to him first. For the praise and glory of his name. We offer him adoration. And then the second piece that follows immediately behind that. Is we pray for our good. And the good of all of his holy church. First for the glory of God. Then for the efficacy and, and powerful nature of our prayer. That it will build us up. That it would make us who we're supposed to be as Christians. That's our entire goal. As a Christian people, we know that our, our purpose is not just for us to come to Mass to be able to fulfill my obligation. As if, the, again, the me and Jesus mentality. I, I did my due to Jesus. I went to Mass. Period. But rather, it's the invitation for us to be able to go and to become who we are called to be. So that we can go out and help the world to be who it is called to be. Remember that Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The salt of the earth, the stuff that brings out the goodness, just like salt brings out the, the good taste, the rich flavors in a, in a good food. So also the same as we go out, we salt the earth with our presence, with the grace of God. And we allow the goodness to be pulled out from it. To pull Christ out of people. And to allow their, their wickedness, the sinfulness, the brokenness to be cast away. To be light. To be the light that goes and shines forth to be able to show the goodness of everything around us and within us. And ultimately to show us to the light of heaven. So that's who we're supposed to be. It's not just that we come and I pray for myself. Indeed, we have my intentions. I have my needs. And the Lord knows them and he responds to them and he helps. But also our place as Christians is to pray for the world. It's not just us in it. It's to pray for everyone, that God's grace may cover the earth. And so the response continues in the course of the Mass, at the response of the people praying for the praise and glory of the name of the Lord, and that our prayers and offerings may be for our good, for the good of the church. The priest continues, he prays the blessing, uh, the, the prayer over the gifts, and then begins the, what's known as the preface dialogue. Right? It's the Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. And then, the things that you just said about for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all of his holy church, that we give to God first, 
and then we receive from ourselves second, the priest repeats that essentially. Because every single Mass, the preface begins with, it is truly right and just, our duty to God and our salvation, the gift for us, always and everywhere to give thanks. It is our duty and our salvation. We give to God first and foremost, but we know that whenever we come to serve Him, He serves us as well. He comes and He changes our hearts. He rubs off those rough edges and smooths us over. Again, to make us more of who we are and who we're called to be. And what a gift to know that the Lord does this over and over and over again, ceaselessly. Just trying to grant us the gift of salvation. Every time we come to Mass, we take one more step closer to heaven. One more step. Looking forward to the day. So the Lord helps us to be able to pray for ourselves, for our own salvation, but also through us for the salvation of the world. We can go through the lives of the saints and see countless examples of how the power of prayer literally changed the world. We don't have to look very far to see that some, some years back, decades back, whenever the fire was raging in New Orleans and consuming the city, it was the Ursuline sisters and the power of their prayer that stopped the fire. It's been attested to. Instances in which people prayed and storms ceased or simply disappeared. How many times I've heard about the praying ladies in Morganza with their St. Joseph bread, huh? The St. Joseph bread that we get on the altar. Whenever you pray, whenever the storm is coming, they'll go outside. They'll throw some of the blessed bread out in their yard. Pray to St. Joseph for protection from the storms. And they say it's amazing how many times you look on the radar and a big hole just opens up right over, <laughs> right over the place where you were praying. And then it closes up right afterwards. What a coincidence, huh? We can look at things that are a little bit larger in scope. St. Clair of Assisi, she was in prayer one day, and she looked out, of, out from the, 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 the walls where she was praying and saw an invading army coming to conquer the town of Assisi. And so she, having great faith and tremendous prayer, ran to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, took the Eucharist and the monstrance for adoration, and ran out and, and stood at the highest point of the tower which she, was, uh, which she was able to get to, held up the Eucharist in prayer, and the, and the army, recognizing something, <laughs> turned around and fled in the opposite direction. At the power of, at the power of prayer in Jesus, the Eucharist. Another notable one, maybe one of the most notable, is the Feast of October the 7th. It's the battle, uh, the anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto. It's the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Because on October 7th, I think it was in the, in the late 1500s, a Muslim army was coming to be able to take over all of Europe, essentially. And it was a battle at sea. The Christian army, which had been kind of piecemeal put together to go out to, to do their best to be able to, to hold them off as long as possible, went out there outmanned, outnumbered, and outgunned. Basically, they had no way that they should have won. And the Pope sent out the messages to all of the nations, encouraging the people to pray the rosary for peace, to pray for the rosary, especially for the, for the sustenance of the Christian faithful, and for the protection and victory in the battle that was surely to come. And on October 7th, 
Unexplainably in the eyes of the world, the Christian army was victorious. Again, they had no reason that they should have won. They were vastly outnumbered. They should have been decimated. And with it, Christianity in Europe would have been entirely gone. But by the power of prayer, things changed. And although those may be large instances where specific things that one was praying for, specific battles or fights that one was taking up, the reality is that we come and we do the exact same thing here every single week. That we come to Mass and we can have a common, we can have common things we're praying for. We also have our individual things we're praying for, right? Our offerings made on the altar. And when we come, we gather together as a Christian community and we pray. You know what? We know that when we pray, it changes things. Jesus said in the gospel that if any two or three people agree on what they are to pray for on earth, it will be granted to them in heaven. That doesn't mean that every single prayer is absolutely granted. We recognize that many people pray to win the lottery. And if everybody that prayed to win the lottery won the lottery, the ultimate payout would be about three pennies apiece after tax. The Lord knows what he's doing, I think. But the simple reminder is that, that the Lord does invite us to pray because prayer does change things. Sometimes the Lord's will is reliant upon our prayers. The Lord does will something, but he wants us to pray for it to actually happen, not just kind of resign ourselves and sit back and wait for God to do what he does. He wants us to pray. He invites us to pray. And he uses the power of our prayers as a key to open up and to pour grace upon the world. And so he bids us to come and to pray. And the beautiful thing is that whenever we come to Mass and we pray, we don't just pray by ourselves. It's not just us, the Christian community here praying. It's the reality that we are joined with the angels and the saints. And this is one of the most beautiful and consoling things that I experience in the Mass. That whenever we come here, at the end of the, at the, end of the preface, we start to sing the Holy, Holy, Holy. And immediately before that is the reminder that we join with the angels and the saints. And singing the hymn. We join with the angels and the saints. It's not just a nice reminder. It's not just like they sing their song and we sing our song. And it's kind of like we're together. The reality is that whenever we come to Mass, we are literally connected to heaven. We can't see it. We can't feel it. But the reality is that we enter into a heavenly mystery. The Eucharist that we celebrate is, is present here on our altars because it's present in heaven. And we've been lifted up to it. We join with the angels and saints in reality. You could have one priest and one person in the pew and the whole church would be full for Mass. We just can't see it. Because it's all the angels and saints here with us. Blessed Mother is here. St. Anne is here. St. Vincent is here. Your patron saints are here. Guardian angels are always with us, but other angels are here with us too. And not only this, the, the canonized saints, but all those who have gone to their heavenly reward. And this is where I'm consoled the most. My family and friends that have gone, the ones that I long to see again, the place where I can be the closest to them in this life is right here. Right here at Mass. We're joined with heaven. And if we believe that, They're with us. What a grace and a consolation. To know that we're praying for the church and for the world, but also that they are praying with us, right alongside us. Where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst, 
We know that our Lord is always with us. And he bids us to come and to pray. So let us lift up our hearts today to our Lord. The offerings that we place on the altar in just a moment for the offertory, let us together pray for one another that our sacrifice might indeed be made holy. It might be for the praise and glory of the name of God, for our salvation, and for the salvation of the whole world.